welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online, both, yes, 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. Go there, first link, the podcast feed. All the most recent, uh, I guess, 40 or 50 shows. Uh, Add one on the top of the list, one drops off the bottom. You're listening to the most recent right now. And the other option, of course, is the... um, our radio loop. That's the second link on the page. Uh, that's a version of this very same show. As long as this is the top show uh, on the top of the podcast list, get the idea. Uh, there is that show going in a loop so that you enter it, you, you join the show, barring the possibility, the very remote possibility, I would add, uh, that you hit it exactly as it recycles from the beginning of the show and therefore feel as though you just timed it perfectly, you, you knew exactly what time the show was going to air on radio. And No, that's not the case. This is running in a constant loop. You'll pick up the show wherever it happens to be, get interested, figure out what's going on, and want to find out how uh, the show got to the point where you came in in the first place. Kind of like, you know, a Saturday afternoon matinee movie back when, uh, and uh, just wait because the show is going to repeat itself. Uh, Stick around in the audience. Don't care what that matronly woman in the white suit or the white dress does. Just kind of duck down when she comes by to see how many kids are still hanging out. And Well, you get the idea. Uh, that's your other option. Listen to us on our radio loop. Either way, we're very glad to have you here with us on this Friday, the 8th of September in the year 2023, uh, a Friday uh, on which David Bach will be joining us in our second segment this morning. Once again, I'm glad to say. Thoughts on a Friday as we, uh, well, let's see, no, we, we, we've gotten past Labor Day. We're, uh, we're, we're into what? Is it, what, what season are we into? We, I, I, I think I was saying on our last show that it, w- it would be presidential season anew were we uh, back when? Where we would be just getting past the, the political conventions for both parties. And uh, we would be on the verge of really major camp. No, that's ancient history. Now, we are in the middle of a political campaign uh, from the day uh, an election ends to when the next one begins. And and governing is, is melded into campaigning. And we've basically... We've basically taken this constitution of ours and... Um, have we worn it out? I, I, mo, most, most European uh, democracies, most Western democracies that we, we, you know, we talk about, our allies, etc., are the product or are living with constitutions that themselves are products of the uh, Second World War or certainly somewhere in the 20th century. Some, some major revision has taken place. We in America 
are living with a constitution that dates from 1780, was it 89 when the final passage took place on our current constitution, our only constitution, uh, it, with its amendments and its variations and its, and its interpretations and countless misinterpretations and uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's efforts to be ignored or, or the efforts to ignore it by countless numbers of people and, and the thrill of being a original constructionist trying to get into the intention of a group of people uh, from the 18th century in a period of admitted enlightenment, but who had far different life experiences than we had here, and wondering how far we should go to allow change and, and, and where we should, uh, and, and, and where we allow variation and, 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 and how much deep consideration should be given before any kind of change is made, and the arguments on both sides by constitutional scholars and members of the Supreme Court, and then getting into the legislatures. Until you get to a weird point, like the one where we are right now, where a substantial number of Americans just don't seem to give a damn about any of that, where, where it's just, uh, it's, it's either written off or not even thought about or a distraction from whatever it is we do. We are not fundamentally grounded in the notion. It is not in our core and certainly not in the core values of a number of Americans that we need to live within some, with some structural, uh, within, the, within the structural intent, intent of the Constitution that we all claim to respect. Uh, but it, it, it doesn't show up that way right now. If we did... If we did, if Americans understood what the Constitution is about, if they understood its intent, if they understood where it came from, forget the fact that, that there are any number of anachronisms in there. Yes, the Second Amendment is a wildly anachronistic uh, amendment and has been played with and, and messed with, and at the moment, it has been bastardized by a conservative court to the point of saying that what, it re what they really intended was that every American would constantly have a gun and they could have it you know, for purposes totally unlike what the 18th century creators of that amendment uh, had in mind. Uh, you, you get, you're going to get stuff like that. Yeah, okay, there, there's intellectual dishonesty there. But then there is out and out what appears to be ignorance. And, I, and I, I, would, I would use that word to describe anybody who could look at Donald Trump as a viable candidate for the presidency. To, to imagine that this guy could still be or could once again be president of the United States is to, is to automatically deny virtually all fundamental democratic principles that the country is built on. 
You, you can't have a democracy and a guy who, in the name of leading it, or in an, in a, in an apparent uh, effort to lead it, is willing to tear it down, rip it to shreds, and essentially say, I'll, I'll do whatever you think, but whatever I give you is what democracy is. A, a total, total revision of constitutional intent and structure at this point. A guy who, if he were to come into office, would, by his own admission, begin by pardoning himself for crimes that he will be invariably convicted for, pardoning others who are, who are guilty of those crimes, attempting to ignore or wipe out both the event and the effects and the motivations and the, the cancer within the, the institutions and the country generally, psychologically, spiritually, that would foment and create both the atmosphere and the fact of an insurrection being directed by the leader of that country. Anyone that can't understand at, at the most fundamental level that that would not be a proper person to have back in office, having done what they did and saying, no, come on back, take a crack at it again. If you can't get that, if you can't understand, forget just, forget on a, on a criminal basis, on a, on a criminality, on, on just the actions themselves, on the unsavoriness, on the, gee, I wouldn't want my kids to grow up and be like him, Ness. If you can't understand the, the inapplicability, the, the, the mismatch, the total disconnect between Trump and America, at some level of comprehension, of, of necessary comprehension, if you're going to actually be an American. You know, if, if, you, if you came in as an immigrant, you had to read that little document. There's a little blue document called the Constitution of the United States of America. You're supposed to read it. They did. Many immigrants do. There was a test on the content of that. And so in, in that regard, most immigrants that have then become American citizens frequently know more about the Constitution than most Americans know right now. Now, now this, this, could that be the reason why anyone, anyone allegedly in their right mind otherwise could even entertain the notion of an insurrectionist who did his insurrection in, under the mantle and under the guise of being president, that that person could possibly be president again? Does, does it explain, does, does a lack of connection with that document, knowledge completely shot to hell, is our failure to make civics and the teaching of civics, what, what is it that would explain and I, I, I guess it, it comes down to just a question. How could anyone not understand that a Donald is the worst possible thing that could happen to America to put him back in the presidency? And the only, only answer I can come up with is that people just don't understand their country. They don't understand the the 
the fundamental operational necessities. They don't understand what has to happen to make America continue. There is an assumption, is that, is that the right word? There is an assumption that there's sort of a perpetual motion machine at play here, that after 240 something years, this thing just is gonna keep going. Even, even, I mean, and, and the Civil War is forgotten at this point, okay? So, so basically, all of the stuff that was done in the wake of the Civil War, all the 14th Amendment and the additional amendments that came since then, it was still done to, made part of the original Constitution. Understand that at the point of the Civil War, we were, we were barely uh, 90 years, was it that much even, into into the uh, into the this experiment called America, and we're another 150 plus past that now. But we're working with the same document. Now, it might argue. I, I could see the value. This this came up in a conversation uh, a couple of days ago. It would it would be a real eye opener for us to go through a new constitutional convention. Now, now every, most states, New York certainly has this. I, I know they haven't done anything with this since somewhere in the, in the late 60s. I was there when New York had its constitutional convention. By, by, by law, by state law, by, sta by state constitution, there must be another constitution to review the existing constitution every 25 years. Now, I, I, I don't know what happened after the one, after 68 or 60, 68, I think it was. And then 25, that would have been 90 something. And I don't, I don't know if there have been any other, any other conventions since then. I, I don't know if they changed it, but, but I was working at one of those conventions. The one back in 68, I, I had a political patronage job from the Republicans. Yes, I was a Republican in those days. And the job basically was to sit around and do nothing. Uh, it was that sort of, it was a summer job and, you know, everything taken care of and it was just uh, the way the game was played. Now in the end, all that work that went into that constitutional convention arguably was for naught. Uh, it, it was ultimately to be voted on in a single vote, in a single vote, whether the various things that were voted on to be changed in the Constitution would be adopted into the New York Constitution. And as part of that single vote, it was voted down. So an entire summer of work, uh, separate delegates elected to go to New York. Uh, I remember I, I worked on the campaign of these two Republicans who were, who were, um, who were campaigning in a wholly democratic uh, area of the North Bronx, up and down Webster Avenue in the Bronx in those days. Uh, they went as, as delegates to the convention one of them subsequently uh, uh, became a state Supreme Court judge. There were all sorts of political connections and machinations that happened behind the scenes anyway. But the, 
the, the work of the conventioneers, as it were, the work of the delegates, all of that was ultimately for naught. It was voted down. It was deemed, no, just what the hell. Would we fare any better in a national constitutional convention? The, the idea of New York at that time wasn't so much to uh, completely toss out the original Constitution. That would have been certainly more than the work of a single summer. But the, the revisions that would be necessary to basically modernize it. Can you imagine, I ask you, modernizations that might be applicable, that would be a good thing for the United States Constitution. I, I, begin with, I begin with the Second Amendment to the Constitution, which basically talks about bearing arms in order to be prepared to immediately join a militia that is in existence for the purpose of protecting the, the country. And that being something that was added by the uh, by the early well, as the second only the second of the new amendments, the first being the Bill of Rights, but that second amendment added right on top of it, saying we don't want to find ourselves with the British, you know, self-quartering or anyone else, British notwithstanding, self-quartering themselves within our homes. We must be able to protect ourselves. The British, no one may have the right to take our guns away from us because, and the second part of that, that, that the second phrase, well, the way it's written in the Second Amendment, I've, I've, I've read this before, I think, I, I think it's worth reading it again. Here's how it words, the Second Amendment, right to bear arms, it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state Okay, I'll read that again. Begin. It begins with the words, a well-regulated militia, well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Okay? With that in mind, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Period. That's it. Now, if you take out the part about the well-regulated militia being necessary, the right of the people shall not... Well, well, well it's, it's in there, you see. And it was written with that thought in mind in whenever this came, whenever this was passed, somewhere in the... Does it say... I don't, it doesn't say when this came through. It doesn't say when these... Um, when that amendment was, was passed. But the, the, the concept, obviously was that we need a militia to protect the nation. With that in mind, you have a right, to, you, you, your, your right to hold on to a gun shall not be infringed. How you go from there to a blanket permission to everybody to have a gun and hold guns and do whatever you want with guns when there is no longer the need to be part of a well-regulated militia that is out there protecting, the, protecting America. When, you, when, that, when the predicate for the ownership of the guns isn't there, 
How do you take that notion and simply say, well, what they really meant was everybody should have all the guns they want all the time. There is no way to do that unless you are intellectually dishonest and basically find yourself in the grips of the financial concerns and the financial interests that would support or would be supported by having more people owning more guns. I mean, it stares at you. Now, if, if, if we want to have a, a statement in our Constitution that says everybody can have guns, it's okay, no, no problem, do you, think, do you think we'd be able to pass that with any kind of reasonable uh, margins if we were to have a convention right now? Would people starting from scratch... Would rational people, reasonable people starting from scratch, be able to agree? Would we be able to get, if we had to go through the two-thirds of the state's situation to get every amendment changed, would we be able to get two-thirds of the, of the states to agree that there still was a basis for owning guns that everyone more or less could agree with? Would it, would it include uh, AR-15s? Would it include automatic weapons? Would, how, how, what, would there be any circumstances under which people could be prohibited the right to hold on to these guns? Well, we'd have to talk about all that. We'd have to talk about the original intent of the document. We'd have to talk about the reason for changing it. We'd have to talk about the judicial processes that might be involved in challenging all of this. We'd really have to learn a whole bunch about the Constitution, the one that we had, before we got around to effectively and rationally changing it or revising it into something different. Now, in one sense, we are learning a lot more of late than we have known before. We are, Americans are being shown, again, de de depending on your news source, I guess you have to, you have to always preface it by that because it's, it depends on the silo uh, of inf where, where the information is siloed that you're taking in. But we're learning a great deal, a great deal about how at least the federal criminal justice system operates from appointment of special prosecutors to grand juries to special grand juries to indictments to, to arraignments to, to, to judicial uh, appointments to, uh, to, uh, to pleas to, to the exchange of it. We're learning more about that system and the documentation that goes with it than I would contend any American uh, ever could have possibly learned uh, at any point, I would say in the last uh, 80 years, let's say. It's, it's out there. Why? Because a, but the, the reason, of course, is kind of, uh, is, is painful, ironic, if you will. A president of the United States attempted basically to take down the country in order to preserve his own uh, illegal hold on power and basically was prepared or attempt, not prepared, attempted via an insurrection. An insurrection doesn't have to be successful. An insurrection is the act 
is the act of trying. That's an insurrection. Via an insurrection, uh, basically attempted to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Now, common sense would tell you, I'm going back to where we started from here, common sense would tell you that person is not in the most the, under the most vague of circumstances, the most, the, most, the most liberal of interpretations, that person is simply out of the running. There's no logical basis for that. And yet, if you, if you look at polling right now uh, for Biden versus Trump and all that, it, it's a virtual dead heat. I know, granted, this is, we're 14, 15 months out from the general election. But we obviously are in a society, we obviously have a population that doesn't get what, what the Constitution is trying to say about leadership. It doesn't get what the individual a person living within our nation is supposed to know and respect about our Constitution. It is, it is essentially, or people are essentially, a large chunk of the population is blind to the meaning of the documentation that basically supports their capacity to live a free and open life in this country. They have no idea, or at least refuse to accept that there could be a difference, that there could be a, 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 a absolutely uh, fatal uh, disconnect between a person that they would put back in office who has committed insurrection against the United States and the, 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 the successful continuation of this experiment that we call the United States of America. They just, I don't think they really get it. Now, now I've tried asking the question, do you understand that, that, that Donald attempted an insurrection against the United States that he was willing to basically suspend and undo the Constitution, and that that would basically suspend and undo our status as a, as a democracy. We would no longer be a democracy. The vote would no longer count. Can you, can you somehow differentiate your feelings about Donald and, and what perhaps he represents to you I mean, you can't say psychologically, spiritually, I don't know, I mean, from a negative spiritual perspective, certainly, but you, you, that, that, maybe that's taking, that's hoping for more than po anything possible, but do you understand that he is, that he runs headlong or that he is in conflict with the structure of our constitutional democracy, all of our history, all of our, do you understand that? And I find more often than not, when I ask the question, and, I, and again, that, that sounds pretty, uh, the way I just pose that you know, here on air, uh, it sounds pretty damned aggressive, it sounds pretty damned self-assured, pretty damned in your face to anyone listening to it, you idiot, don't, it's, it's, it'll, be, it'll be heard as, what the hell's wrong with you jerk, don't you understand that? 
but, but okay, that's the risk you take. What I find often, however and however and however nicely I attempt to, to, to backstep and pose the question a, a, a bit more uh, genteely, People frequently will say, I, 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 I don't want to talk about that. Oh, come on. There will be a deflection away from a pure answer. And I find this very, very often. If you say, put it, put it straight to you. This, here, here's what our Constitution says and does. Here's what Donald has done. Here's what he says he's going to do. It will be a retribution presidency. He is going to, he'll begin by pardoning himself for things he has done. Whether you think, now, I don't know, if you don't think, a, if you don't think a, uh, an insurrection either A, happened, or B, is a bad thing, or C, really isn't all that important. I mean, what the hell? I, you know, I'm still going to go out, we're still going to go out to dinner tomorrow night, and my kids are going to school, and uh, I'm meeting a bunch of people. Yeah, we're going fishing this weekend. Uh, insurrection, schminsurrection. What does it have to do with, it has, of course, everything to do with you. It will take take down the structure of the country, the civil rights processes that are there, uh, the judicial system will crumble, it'll all go to hell. You have to simply pose the question to people. Do you understand the, that what Donald did, and if he's allowed to do it again, will basically undermine and take down the... Con you, you may not want to have a constitutional convention to consider the changes in the Constitution. You, you may not want to really go through all that difficulty. You may not really want to have to go through an educational process. But, but barring that, do you understand that if Donald does what he says he's... If he did what we saw him do, and not if he did, we watched him do this. But if, if in fact, it, it, when everybody, including you, recognizes that it was an insurrection, that insurrection is not good, it's not a good thing for an existing democracy. And if he started to do exactly what he's promising to do going forward, that our judicial system, hence the remainder of our whole constitutional structure, will collapse if you were to put him back in. If you understand that, do you understand how you can't have Donald in a position of leadership in this country? Do you understand the danger? And like I say, what I get is usually an avoidance answer. I, 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 I can't talk about that. And I'm quite serious about that avoidance, that avoidance reaction. I, I, I wonder sometimes if, if people are just hearing this for the first time. I imagine if, if again, depending on the silo that you're, that you're sucking your information out of with a big straw, basically, you may not hear anything like that that somehow Donald may be a permissible object of adoration, really, uh, simply based on the grievance mongering that he, that, he, uh, that he does, and that it's permissible to feel that way. Now, now, even with Fox and the New York Post, who both have basically eschewed further uh, respect and support of Donald, 
basically there is still this permission slip given to, we may not cover him and we may not say a lot about him, but basically there's a permission slip, there's an implicit permission slip. No one is coming straight out and saying, this guy is out to take down the government. That if you allow this man to get back in power, the government goes. You can't have both. Because to be back in power, he will have to begin day one, minute one, by pardoning himself. If he doesn't, he goes to jail. So do you still want to try to vote this guy back in? Do you imagine for a moment that if he loses validly and no matter what's going on in the polls right now, he probably will lose validly in November of 2024. Do you realize he's going to make a bigger stink? He never conceded the last election. Why wouldn't you at least consider a 14th Amendment Section 3 uh, disqualification? That's in the current Constitution. Now that, now that particular amendment, there, there's been a lot of history on that as to whether or not that is an automatic situation, whether it can be done, it would have to go to the Supreme Court undoubtedly. Could it be brought, could simply a local Secretary of State say, I refuse to put him on the ballot because it's in violation of the uh, 14th Amendment Section 3. You can't have an insurrectionist or someone that has attempted to take down the country serve in any political office in this country and let, leave it to the Supreme Court to then go through the, 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 the horrors, the, 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 to, to, to reach the horrible, sick conclusion, which it might, that no, 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 it doesn't say what it says. They would do another Second Amendment thingy. No, no, I know what it says. I know what it says about, you know, uh, you're not supposed to be president. I, I know what the Second Amendment says about militias, but that's not what it really means. When they passed the 14th Amendment, they didn't really mean that someone like Donald Trump, but when they passed the 14th Amendment, no one ever imagined that a president of the United States, not the Confederacy, but of the United States might actually attempt to take it down. And they never imagined that people would be so ignorant of their own constitutional structure that they would not recognize an action taken by a completely unhinged narcissistic person a la Donald as an effort to undo the Constitution. And even if it is, like I say, life goes on, we're going bowling, we're going fishing, we're going out to, honey, what's for dinner tonight? And, 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 and that supersedes all considerations of state, that loyalty and, 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 true, and true fervor for the flag and country has turned into this vapid garbage that is politicized beyond all meaning for a substantial part of the country with no recognition of the true meaning of the Constitution and its words and the danger it currently faces. How is this possible? Well, you, you can pound your, 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 your head with your fists and, and, and say, how, how did we get here? But, but the reality is we're here. And, and, I, and I really know we're here because an interesting thing happened yesterday. 16, 16 of the 
presidential libraries, going back to Herbert Hoover. With the, I think with the one that wasn't in there was, uh, was, was uh, Dwight Eisenhower's presidential library. But right up through the Obama library, and, and of course there's no Trump library. Trump uh, would never, uh, to, to, to link himself to the rest of the presidents, to say that he was nothing but another president, that he wasn't God, that he, I, I don't know. Trump doesn't have a library. Uh, but the 16 minus Eisenhower put out a joint statement yesterday talking about the meaning of the Constitution the meaning of, of, of loyalty and patriotism and, and what it means to be an American and how we need to focus so much more on that and how we appear to have lost. It, it was an indirect swat at Donald. It, it, the statement obviously went out of its way to avoid using his name, but there was no question that this was aimed at Donald. And it was aimed at Americans and saying, again, politely saying, without saying these words, you effing idiots, don't you see what the hell is going on? How do you not recognize that in, in your desire to link up with a, with, a, with a cult leader who is giving air to every grievance you have, you're willing, that, that you can't see that in doing that you are basically taking down the, the fundamental structure of this country? And, I, and, and, and again, you can, you can drive yourself nuts asking yourself, how could any one person in this country, anyone, how could any Trump supporter, how can you be a Trump supporter if you have any understanding of this country, what it is, how it works? Well, the, 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 the simple answer, it's a very unsatisfying answer, but the simple answer is, well, Donald has given us a way to elevate our, our chronic sense of, of grievance and anxiety above and beyond the, a, a, a care for the constitutional structure. And more than that, he's, he's made us believe that if we don't express our grievance and our anger, if we don't override various functions of the government, if we don't supersede the justice system, if we don't basically co-opt legislative systems, if we don't go ahead and, and force uh, gerrymandered voting processes on our populace, we are basically subjecting ourselves to a to a, a, a form of, of, of political and emotional demise that supersedes anything the founders of this country could have ever won. It's, it's, it is a convoluted mental game you have to play to say, I will destroy it to save it. And yet, that game has been played, that, that notion has been sold to entire countries the 20th century, in particular, is riddled. I, I think you think think Germany, Italy, and Spain, three major European nations, bought the notion that to save ourselves we must destroy ourselves. Do you know? Uh, hello, anyone out there supporting Trump? Do you know what happened to those three countries? with that concept going into a fascistic sort of a uh, a notion about the state to save the state that that d democratic institutions were ignored let's get rid of democracy let's let's take the, do, do, do you have any idea what happened to those countries do you understand 
even more than the end result, they lost the war. But do you understand what, what ripped them apart, what blew the whole thing up in the end? I don't think, I, I think we're at the point right now, um, too many Americans are at the point right now where they just really, for whatever reason, it's an educational reason, it's a psychological reason, it's, it's an emotional reason, it might be a spiritual, it might be have to do with their religious, some confluence of events and the sheer force of Donald's sick will, his single-mindedness about wanting everything and his capacity to convince people of, I'm right and everybody else is wrong, and people who just want to gravitate to that. For some reason, there are a substantial number of Americans who don't get that you can't have Donald and democracy at the same time. But you might want to take heart. I, I, I know, I know, you know, you're going on and on and on. Take heart. We have, I believe, and I never really thought of it this way until I, I, I was thinking of it this morning as I was getting ready for the show. We have basically hit rock bottom. Look, look at it that way. The notion that we are going to do something uh, major in the way of a conversion that will suddenly make all Republicans get it is probably unrealistic, but they will observe, like all of us will observe, the criminal justice process playing out. Independents will observe it. And, and we have to accept that even in the, uh, I, I don't know, in, in the rationally best of times in America, elections are won by a handful of percentage points. In the worst of times, they are one with the worst of candidates. It's a handful of percentage points. We've said this on countless occasions here, and, I, and, I, and I, it's, it bears repeating. There is always going to be this 25% underbelly in this country. We, we, we live with this. It's part of what we are. A 25% wedge of the voting population that, given the option, would vote to take the country down. Not knowing what came next, but simply, we, t we just, we take things down. That's what we do. It's the, 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 the nihilistic urge that is part and parcel of where they're coming from. It is inherent in most democracies to have this, uh, this, this the capacity or, or, or some element within it that is willing to take it down, and it becomes that which you play off of in other elements. Now, the difference here in America right now, and it's what happened in it's what happened in Germany and Spain and Italy, in in different to different degrees, is that the lid, the the rock under which that particular 25% typically lives, has been ripped away. Sunlight has nurtured the maggots. And basically, they have been given validity by a guy with no less a credential than former president of the United States. And he 
encourages, he, he absolutely insists that there be no comprehension of how the country or the, or the Constitution works or the judicial system. All that you have to know is that you are grievanced and he is your leader. He is basically the, what? He, he is the cult. He is your cult leader. He, message from your cult leader coming in. Just ignore all else. Listen to me. Don't worry about those people talking about democracy. They're just lying to you. They just basically don't want to see you have your rights. I am all that's standing between you and them. On and on and on and on. You know the crap. And basically they actually believe this garbage. When basically all that's standing between the country and Donald is the rest of us. But that's the reality. If we are at rock bottom, and I, and I want to believe that, then we are going to have to begin a gradual process of, what? Reintegration. A process of conversion, perhaps. A process of bringing people back little by little. I don't believe that we are at a point where there is going to be any greater group or any greater migration into the Trump camp. I think Donald's gotten pretty much everyone and everything he's going to get. And he's simply, of course, going to play it and them for everything he can to his advantage in the court of public opinion. He knows he can't win in a court of law. He knows that there are no arguments for him, that, that if people focused on law, they couldn't focus on him. It's one or the other. So public opinion is where his arguments will stay. But little by little, a handful at a time, people who currently embrace Trump or perhaps are, are independents who are uncertain about where Trump is or whether this could possibly work will begin drifting to or drifting back to rational camp, the camp, the camp of, of, a, of a democratic, of a society based in a, in a viable, rational constitution. And, and that could produce a win not so dissimilar from the win that Joe Biden had in 2020. When people recognize that no matter how old Joe is, or even, I'll be honest, and I don't want to say this too out loud to myself even, whoever runs on the Democratic side, we may be doing shows on this as time goes on, uh, in, in, in 2024, that choice, it's always a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. The choice will be not to take America down. The choice will be to support and sustain the Constitution. The, support, the, the choice will be to recognize what Donald represents. And as his criminal processes continue, as people watch this day by day, as more of us talk and continue talking, little by little, the damage that he has done, the the. The, 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 the vitality he has given to this 25% of people who are normally under rock dwellers will begin to dissipate. And many of them in their, in their disillusion and anger will basically go back under the rock. Maybe some of them may actually be converted, but will basically also kind of just go away and not want to be part of the system and just bluster and yell and scream and yell about how bad things are, but no longer be the force that Donald and they imagine themselves to be right now. 
we're watching them do this within the confines of of of, of uh, the with Republican politics. Well, the Republican Party doesn't exist right now. It's going to have to change also, bit by bit by bit, person by person, moment by moment. There is no real Republican Party. We're at rock bottom here, folks. It's not like we're waiting to see how much worse this can get. It's gotten that bad. We're there. Look at it that way. And take hope. Because as I think, you know, uh, when you're this far down, the only way is up to paraphrase uh, from the unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, you, know, you know, that's it. There's nowhere for us to go but up or, <laughs> yeah, to totally dis dissolve as a nation, as a democracy. I, I still don't believe that's going to happen. But we have gone about as far down as we're going to go and still maintaining a democratic structure. We are watching our court system hold it all together. We are watching Fonnie Willis uh, give a dressing down to uh, Representative, uh, what's his name, Johnson, the jerk who doesn't, you know, the Ohio guy who doesn't know, doesn't know squat from a hole in the wall about what, you know, what, what, what right the, the, the uh, Congress has to interfere in a state, uh, in a state-run, uh, you know, judicial uh, uh, in a case. You know, I want all the papers that you get out of here. I mean, games like this, stupidity. You know, ignoring the fact that there's history, that there's norms, that there's laws. No, I want it all because I'm going to just basically stick it to you because I don't know squat about this country, and I'm going to act as though it doesn't matter that you know something. No, my ignorance and my anger will overrule your need to do something to preserve the nation. No. No. We've hit the bottom. Now we can only go up or disintegrate. I, I, I'm serious. I believe we will revive. It's not going to happen overnight, but Trump's legal problems couldn't have happened at a better time. People will be forced to see, to watch, to hear, to listen. And they will learn something whether they want to learn it or not. And suddenly, maybe enough of them, just enough, will wake up and will begin the slow slog back to something like a functional American democracy where people not only get the benefit of it, but understand how it works and why it has to be supported. But we're not there now for a lot of people in this country. But we've hit bottom and up, as far as I'm concerned, is the only way to go. A little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerleftalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, Give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com you know what's coming i've predicted it it's a prediction it's it's as it's as persistent as haley's comet uh and even more interesting to listen to uh, david what's on your mind um well there's there's a decent amount of stuff um so first if you want to hear more you can find me on uh twitter at uh, basis ideas new um and other than that there's there's a there's been a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, first, uh, Peter Navarro was found guilty. Ah uh, yes, 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 yes. Dumbest uh, crime to be guilty of for was it, two years. How long was he about? Yeah, fighting this. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I loved his you you know I loved his statement yesterday to the cat. They know I am absolutely in it. We're taking this to the Supreme Court, and and I will be what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I forget how long it took the, it took a jury to figure this one out. I I don't know. There, it wasn't what you call a long deliberation with zero defense, you know. Yeah, no, because it's it. I mean, it took like four hours, but that was was uh, it that long? Wow. <laughs> Probably just to make sure they were spelling his name correctly more than anything else, you know. Uh, yeah, because it it was to to be clear, the thing he was being. Um, 
he was being charged with was uh, contempt of Congress yeah, because they yeah. sent him as a subpoena and he just wouldn't show up with it. Yeah, that's simple. That's simple. Um, didn't 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 uh, Meadows kind of do the same thing here though? Is Meadows uh, in contempt in the same way? But they didn't they didn't declare him in contempt. I think, or am I mistaken on that? I. I think it was the it's the same. It's yeah, the same. yeah, 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 yeah. But they went after Navarro, and Navarro had zero zero defense to this. Uh, but just because, well, you know, we we don't we don't particularly care to follow rules or norms or traditions, or we don't have respect for the other branches of Congress. And well, then again, on the other hand, I'm not. I'm not a member of Congress. Well, I don't have anything, but it doesn't matter. I have Donald, and Donald will protect me, and therefore, uh, you know, screw you, I'm not going to show up. Well, guess what? You're going to prison, Peter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very dumb. I mean, I'm sure he's hoping that he will be... Um, pardoned, he, he yeah. He will be pardoned yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Uh, if Trump wins. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's a that's great, great defense strategy. Yeah, that's wonderful. Very American. Well, they, they're just, most of this is a clown show. Um, and a lot of it is stupid because they're currently, uh, J.D. Vance is trying to pass a bill to ban mask wearing from uh, federal, I don't even know what the, it's, it's, it's that the federal government can't make you wear a mask, but there's like four places that have done it. And you probably should be doing it, especially if you're going in certain areas. Yeah. Because yeah. COVID is going up. Now, there is some good news. It does appear that this um, this uh, variant is uh, less evasive than they originally thought. So the, the new booster that rolls out, I believe it's next week. Yeah, they're saying it's uh, coming. it's coming shortly. That's what I'm hearing is going to be more effective than they originally thought. Yeah. Uh, which is good. So go get it. And if you hear somebody saying, oh, the vaccines don't work or the masks don't work, obviously they're wrong. And I do think this is a very important point to bring up. There was a 9-11's worth of deaths every single day. Yeah. Prior to the vaccine rollout. Yeah, yeah. I think we're losing about a hundred people a day. I think that's about where the the math is. Yeah, or something something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, maybe less. Um, if the vaccines can work, what happened? Yeah, good point. Uh, and like for the people who are like laughing that that Joe Biden got it again, like it fucked. I am so tired of the the just the the cruelty and the stupidity. Which speaking of which brings me to Eric Adams. Who, <laughs> It's just a disaster. Um, demand is like, like in the way that Cuomo was like, people were talking about like, oh, he's some type of democratic hero. No, Eric Adams is just this this goddamn clown monster who every he he's just awful. The everything he says is is used as like a right wing talking point. Say, see, look, leftists believe this too because they're they're talking about he he, he just was talking about um, immigrants coming into the city. It's like no, an influx of migrants is not going to destroy New York City. It's going to put a little bit of a strain on some of the things and probably would co- would cause a normal society to try to fix its social safety nets. 
and make it easier for things like, I don't know, housing to be more affordable or um, I don't know what else they're, they're struggling with, but it's not going to be the end of New York City. And the response to this is like, oh, leftist, now you're now you're paying the price for your policies that you used to pretend weren't so bad, but you really don't want migrants to. And it's just it's just so fucking racist. Like their argument is, oh, letting immigrants in, they're going to destroy your cities. Why? Wait, wait, are you saying are you saying that Adams is making this? Am I am I understanding you correctly that Adams is either is either facilitating that argument, the negative argument, or is making that argument? Is that what you're saying? He's facilitating it because he has. There was a speech recently where he's like, "Look, I guarantee you, letting all these immigrants in is going to destroy New York City. It's going to be the thing that brings us down." Well, but he's been the source of. He's been the main driver of getting people here, of opening the city up. So you're saying he's basically, you know, he's doing a 180, and now all the things that I've done to let people in, now I'm allowing, or, or, or is it is it is it making a political space for for people to kind of vent their anger? I mean, I, I'm not understanding what it is that you're seeing Adams doing exactly. No, he's he literally said that having all these immigrants here, the illegal immigrants that are getting bussed around the country and stuff is yeah. going to destroy New York City. He's Adams is saying this or he's allowing other people to say it on his behalf? No, he said. But he's the guy who basically let them all in. He he's he, It's his policy. Does that yeah. make sense to you that he would be saying that? Yes, because he's a clown. Uh, oh, okay. Oh. Okay, but, but I mean, it's, no, I, it, I feel like, I, David, I feel like I'm missing sense. something. I feel like I'm missing something here. You understand? You know, I'm just. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's you can find what he was saying online. He yeah, yeah. No, I'll have to check it. that out. Uh, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, he he's just putting the words into these people's mouths and it's making it easier for the. I mean, obviously, Twitter isn't real life. And um, most of the people on Twitter at this point are are just awful. Um but like the, the the just the the idea that like having all these immigrants would destroy the city is just ridiculous. I, um, what I've what I've it. heard, forgive me. What I've heard is I've heard a lot of people that I know, a lot of Democrats that I know, expressing frustration with the huge numbers of immigrants coming in, saying, can't we do something to sort of control this? Why does it all have to be coming here to New York? The numbers seem to be overtaxing everyone and everything. What I wasn't aware of was that Adams, basically, who I know has been the source of the policy that let these people in, now basically is what? It would sound to me as though this was political machination to to let some of the Democratic base or, you know, let off some steam. But it, do you get the sense that he's actually going to change anything in the policy I, as a result? I don't think so. And again, like the whole idea that um, doing we can't let all these people in is first. Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, to to be clear about this, we have 28 houses for every for every homeless person in this country. We have the ability to house all these people. We have the abilities to place all these people. If the system is taking so long for them to get trials, then we need to 
fast track the system. We need to change our immigration laws so it's easier for people who are claiming asylum to claim asylum. We still haven't I mean, we still haven't dealt with the people who were helping us in, in Afghanistan and in, in Iraq. Uh, many of them who were our translators and other people are still in sort of a uh, uh, you know a political and constitutional limbo as far as their claims for citizenship. It's amazing how slow tracked things are uh, depending on uh, who's 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 uh, who's at the levers it, it, it it's fascinating well it's, it's easy to it's easy to have to you want it locked up if you're somebody who's against immigration you want to be able to use this as a talking point so you yeah. say oh it's yeah. bad yeah. everything yeah. is it's, it's evil um and and that's where the uh so you don't want to, because like if you, when you frame any type of uh, immigration reform as amnesty for all the illegals, so they vote Democrat, which is just in itself an anti-American idea, because these laws aren't saying you have to vote for Democrat. It's, you could just, you know, convince them otherwise to vote for you. Yeah. Um, kind of like how Cuban migrants generally vote Republican. Uh, you could actually win migrants if you didn't think that they were dirty and all the other nonsense. Um, Good point. The other thing is, uh, I mentioned Twitter briefly. So Twitter is currently having a fight with the ADL because, and this is not an exaggeration, literal neo-Nazis started started a program or started a a movement within Twitter called Ban the ADL. Now, free speech warrior Elon Musk kind of agreed with them because... uh, he, he has some anti-Semitic tendencies, including just straight up saying, look, the, the, the ADL is the cause for my um, – for Twitter losing its revenue. It's, it's the Jews' fault that we lost the money. Yeah, of course. It's, that's the ancient, it's the, ancient, uh, the ancient complaint, the ancient uh, uh, you know, trope. Uh, the ancient tropes all come back again. And yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's kind of weird that the people who are losing their minds over this are the uh, – the worst people. Um, it's generally not good when you have the neo Nazis on their side, but uh, that's what that's where he is. He's he's currently fighting with the ADL because he's saying uh, the Jews cost him the money. Um, so that's you know. Well, I guess it's it's it's, it's, as, it's as good a target as any. But 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 given given the the history of the last oh, two thousand years or so, it tends to be a better target than most. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other Twitter thing that that is is kind of relevant, but it's it's more of a uh, a laughing relevancy. Uh, Tucker Carlson tried to do a big expose, big big important piece on his show. He had a really important guest to uh, to um, to talk about a really important point. Uh huh. He had that guy on who 15 years ago claimed that he had sex with Obama in 1999. Uh huh. That sounds important, yeah. (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't remember this story, because I didn't 15 years ago when it came up, this guy has been proven to be a liar like a dozen different times, Um, including, and this is is one of the things Tucker pointed out, he goes, yeah, this story is incredibly credible because he took a polygraph test. What he didn't mention was he failed the polygraph test. (laughs) Not only did he... (laughs) He took a polygraph test, which he failed. <laughs> Not only did he fail it, he claimed David Axelrod paid seven hundred thousand dollars 
to fake the results. <laughs> wow. Gee, that's great. Um, okay. And, and this brings up the bigger question. Even if this was true, who cares? Yeah, well, well, apparently there there are Republicans, there are Trumpians out there who are looking for any grievance and any and any handhold they can find uh, against uh, Obama uh, against oh, listen to me against uh, every, any Democrat, oh, Biden, Biden, Obama, anyone, you know. But yeah, I get it's going to resonate with the crazies, uh, but it does sound crazy. Of course, it sounds crazy, and and again, as oh. you say, who cares? And also talking about the crazies, um, it looks like they're probably going to shut the government down in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, they're also going to get their their new Hunter Biden charges, which of course. I believe the right response for us should be to uh, defund the investigation and um, and just block it. I, I, I think that's the precedent, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and the, uh, I look forward to them trying to impeach Joe Biden off of. Who knows what they're going to play? Because th- yeah, it's conflict. like that's 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 the one unknown. We're, we're, we don't we, we we've got to begin. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we we've got to begin impeachment hearings on Obama. Otherwise, there's no chance that we could possibly have a budget. Uh, we can, we must. Uh, based on what, Marjorie? Uh, we we've got to begin impeachment. Based on what? We've got to begin impeachment. But what? Well, well, here's the thing. She'll say it's because of corruption and because of the proof that they've shown through all their um, through all the shell companies. Except their their picture with the shell companies never ties back in the bar. No, of course not. Of uh, course not. And the other thing is, their guy who's been doing this, um, James Comer, can't make up his his mind because every time he goes on Fox and they say, "Well, what's the crime?" He goes, "I don't know." Um, or he released a whole bunch of documents, and some of those emails are either directly talking about Bo Biden's funeral, having nothing to do with whatever they're claiming, or the dates don't match. They don't know what the it's. And I can I express this enough? They don't have anything. They're literally flooding the zone. Remember two months ago when Chuck Grassley came out and said, "I have proof that there is videotapes of Biden trying to extort a Ukrainian." What happened to those tapes? They asked Comer. He's like, "I don't know." Doesn't matter. All you, have, all you have to do is say it. Just say it. All you got to do is say it. Get get the get the conversation out there. That's all you have to do. That's all that matters. Give the base something to chew on. Lie about something else, and you know, and see if it's see if it uh, sticks to the wall long enough to uh, somehow uh, work in your favor, whatever that means. I don't know. If you you know, will it will it will it get you some more uh, uh, will it get you some more fundraising or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a desperation out there. We were talking about this in the first segment that we basically, I feel, I don't know how you feel about this. I, I feel that from, a, uh, from the perspective of the electorate and an educated electorate, an electorate that understands why Donald would be bad for the country, we've basically hit rock bottom in this country right now. You're not going to convince, there's no way we're going to convince a whole bunch of people in one shot that, that, that Donald is bad for the country and we have to get away from all this. But it's going to be a gradual, gradual process. And watching the criminality play out uh, in the trials will hopefully work uh, 
you know, uh, it will give people some, maybe give some independence a reason not to be uh, considering Donald in any serious way. I don't know. But I would say that, that, that civically, from a civic perspective, we've reached rock bottom in this country. There's just too much ignorance and too much stupidity and too much willingness to basically follow the cult of the Donald. I, that, that's how I feel. I mean, I don't yeah, know. If, no. um, our civics is pretty bad. Um, I don't. I don't think he's going to win. Um, that is a shot. He still has a shot. Yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's as close as polls are saying because we're a year out. Yeah, and this is the same thing that was going on uh, in the in the 2020 election too. There were these, you know, the the polls were all over the place, and there were assumptions that blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I, I, I get all that, but we we've, we've got to come around as a country. We've you know the ignorance that seems to be uh, that seems to be embedded in too much of the electorate right now. The the, the willingness to follow a, a an obvious criminal, an insurrectionist, and the total ignorance. Of, of, of the difference between what he is proposing and what the Constitution demands or can tolerate has got to change in some way, or enough people have got to figure it out. I guess there's always going to be idiots in this country, but it's got to yeah. change. And they're allowed to vote. Yep, yep. And everyone should be able to vote to um, remove them. Yeah, I, I guess so. David, it, it's... Uh, uh, it's why we play the games, why they play the game, why, why we're part of the game and, and why we keep going through all this. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to watch and see where this Navarro thing goes, although it's pretty obvious where it's not going to go, and that is in Peter Navarro's favor and, and so much more of all this uh, and the lies that'll constantly keep coming up. But watching how, in some way, uh, the American people can finally get some kind of a grip on reality, or at least that 25% of the country that is core, core Trumpian, and, and, and how this is going to play out. But that's why we're around. That's why center-left radio is going to be here. And, uh, and that's why I hope people keep listening to you. Where else can they hear you, David? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas now. Okay. That's where they should be looking as well. Uh, thank you for being with us, and thank you for, <laughs> for, 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 if nothing else, uh, sustaining a certain level of hope. I, I try putting that out there, particularly on our Friday show. Uh, what I also do is, uh, you know, once we've, once we've offered a hopeful thought, we like, to, uh, we like to smooth it over with a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. It may seem counterintuitive, but the fact is that we are at civic rock bottom in this country. And that's a good thing, because if you have any sense of hope, we have nowhere to go but up. People will have to learn something, or we disappear. And I don't think that's going to happen. I also believe that we're about to face a new reconstruction. Think about that.